Welcome back to Atrium Talks. Hi, Deepa. Hi, Bhagwan. We talked about individual excellence. We also talked about how organizations become excellent. We want to take it a step further and now talk about society. Yes. How do you make society excellent? And that requires scale because we can't just have pockets of excellence. It needs to pervade. Correct. How do we do that? And I, I, I like that idea that, you know, this is a societal responsibility and not just an individual or organizational responsibility, because what we are then saying is that excellence is not just a self-selected choice. It is an endowment that must be best out by government societies on all of its people or citizens, right? So, so that's the view that we are adopting when we have this discussion, no, Bhagwan? To your question of how do we scale it, I think, you know, we can focus on one very critical societal investment, which is education. Oh, I love that. It's my favorite topic, education. Sure, sure. Okay. So is it fair to say, will it be an exaggeration if I said, I think the education model is broken? I think it's fair to say that the current education system, at least in this part of the world, is not set up to scale excellence. Okay. We inherited the system 200 years ago and we haven't changed it. Yes. And what is wrong with it? I think several things are wrong with it. You and I have spoken about this many times. We've said that, you know, this is a, we offer a standardized bundled product. It doesn't, Same one for everyone. Correct. It, it teaches to one denominator. It doesn't mean different things to different people as it must necessarily mean because people are different and have different learning needs. Uh, pedagogies are dated. It largely relies on classroom instruction. It's not Socratic where people don't even learn from each other. It's largely classroom instruction. It, it relies in some ways on methodologies that are not active learning methodologies. They're theoretical learning, right? Not experiential or practical learning. There is very little innovation in the curriculum, yeah. right, over several years. And I think the new education policy, uh, which has come forth recently, is a welcome change in this yeah. direction and addresses many of these issues that we are saying are broken. So to that extent, I think, you know, these kinds of policy changes are a first step in reforming education. Yeah. And I think one of the first welcoming step was to think about education as a continuous process. Hmm. Uh, the, the old model was first you get educated, then you go to work. Yes. While you're learning, you don't work. And while you're working, you never learn. And I think that needs to change. And the new education policy emphasizes that, that at the high school level, we can allow people to try out and be entrepreneurial. For example, the Utter Tinkering Labs took this idea to schools and said, try entrepreneurship. Try a new idea, build something, be creative. Correct. And similarly, we are doing that at ISB and other places. We are saying if you are an executive, if you are a working professional, Take that you don't need to stop learning. Correct. You need to continue to learn as you're working. Yeah. So there are two things that you're saying, right? One is which is active learning, the ability to translate what you're learning into a real world context. And even with the yeah. new education policy, with vocational training, with science experiments, just the pedagogies reflect that. And the second that you're talking about is learning is not a point in time uh, right. intervention. It's something that you do continuously over time. You never stop learning, which has been a theme in all our uh, you know, other talks as well. That's right. So we don't have to wait for 25 years Correct. to change policy. 
policy. It should be a continually evolving process. That, that though, Bhagwan, is an outcome of research. Okay. Right? Because one is the learners and you learn continuously. But you know, who affects these changes in the learning itself? Right? And that's the policy that you're talking about. And we're saying the first step is policy change. But policy change does not have to happen every 25 years. Uh, your educational policies must be dynamic and adaptive to an ever-changing business environment. Which means you need educators to be researchers yes. who are constantly uh, scanning the environment, who are looking at how people learn is evolving, who are looking at how content is aligned or misaligned with the needs of the world. So you need educators who are at the heart of their profession, mm -hmm. also researchers who are continuously observing and researching education. Yeah. Okay. But now I want to come back to this issue of scale. Right. Especially when I look at India, I'm not talking about millions. I'm talking about hundreds, hundreds of, of millions of people need to be continually educated. How's that going to happen? I think one good thing that came from the pandemic is technology, right? Technology. And how, I mean, if you had to look at, we talked about this, where we said if you took a, a check on the state of education before the pandemic, technology would not have that significant a role to play. But because of the pandemic, there are, you know, even government schools, you know, other places, there's been a lot of investments in education, in educational technologies. And I think technology will play a very critical role in delivering education at scale, not just at scale, but also delivering it in unique formats that are aligned with the learning needs of different learners. So the content could be concentrated and be available to hundreds of millions of people, but it can be curated and tweaked locally mm. for the contextual needs. Correct. So a hybrid of this might work at scale in India. Correct. You have hands-on uh, instructors who could perhaps translate learning, yes. which is self-paced, into specific contexts, etc. And maybe even as the technology evolves, right, a lot of this can be bundled into the technology itself. But technology is definitely going to be a very critical delivery channel that will unbundle this product and therefore make it less costly, more accessible to several hundreds of millions of people, like you said. But this requires a lot of different experimentation. Agree. Agree. And how are we going to allow experimentation? Which, which brings us to the third, right? We talked about policy. We talked about research and technology. And now we have to therefore talk about entrepreneurship. Okay. What about entrepreneurship? I think you, you know, this is a sector that it doesn't intuitively strike you as one which invites experimentation or invites failure. But I think you need to, in order to see. We haven't done that in the past. No, we haven't we thought, haven't. we have thought that education is not for entrepreneurs. It has to be centralized. But you're saying, no, we need to allow many, many experiments. Many, many business models, many, 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 many delivery and uh, engagement models. So we know what's working and what's not. And uh, you need to see that level of, I think, entrepreneurial activity in this sector. And there need to be incentives, rewards, and tolerance for failure that will allow for this to happen. And many would fail. Many would fail. Some will succeed. Correct. And as we do the experimentation, we are going to learn from it. Correct. Correct. Okay. And we also need to, again, this again brings back the role of research to figure out, you know, learning research, educational research are significant investments in many countries, right? And I think we need to invest in that to figure out what's working, what's not, and how people are learning 
uh, is evolving and is changing. So there are lots of moving parts to it. Right. And how are we going to coordinate that? Which brings us to the role of the government, right? The role of the government. The government doesn't need to be an active player, but it needs to be a strong enabler. Enabler. Of an so ecosystem. So the government doesn't need to say, I'm going to actually create content or I'm going to create models. Allow that for the private sector to do it, but they can make it easy. They can make it easier. They can make it more uh, rewarding and they can make it less costly to be in this sector and to experiment in the manner that is needed. So I think the government will be a key orchestrator of an ecosystem. Like you said, these are different parts that need to thrive individually, but they also need, need to be to talking to each other together to, and work together to create value. And the government can create that ecosystem which will enable this to happen. And in that process, I think what you would eventually end up doing is creating an ecosystem that fosters excellence at scale. At scale. So you require several people to be excellent with some coordination mechanism. So we need to do it together. We need to do uh, it together. So where I come from, there's a saying which says, Akela chana for sakta. So we need to be all in it together so that we can break the old model and go on to the new model for the 21st century. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, Baba. Thank you, Deepa.